In a world where heresy blankets the airwaves, religious stuffed shirts suck the life out of Sunday morning, and prosperity teachers rob grandmothers of their pensions, three unassuming ministers endeavor to shine the light of biblical theology and put the fun back in fundamentalism. Broadcasting live from the Hall of Dove. Brought to you this week by the number of people who have turned out the job of head basketball coach at the University of Alabama. Welcome into episode 45 of the Gospel Friends. I am the illustrious Reverend Verbage. I am Chase, and I may not be illustrious, but I can count. And the number one and the number 45 are vastly different. <laughs> I am Nick, and I can't believe I didn't see that coming. That's actually not true. Now, they're, 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 they have pursued many more names than just the one that turned them down. Um, that well, was just the one I got to, all the airplay. Who am I to dispute with uh, information gathered from the bunker? All I know is you've had uh, two weeks to give us some sort of manly kind of forty-four caliber, forty-five caliber, some sort of gun reference, and uh, you failed in that. I want your. Man I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait till next week. The uh, forty-six caliber. Okay. Well, now that is the manliest gun of all, is it not? Have you not seen the the picture of the snake that I slaughtered that I put up in the Hall of Dogma? That right there, that's that gets me my man card. The one yeah. you hit with the child's toy behind you? No, the thirteen foot python that I <laughs> had to decapitate. Python. How tall are you exactly? Outside of the Hall of Dogma church. That was a rat snake. If you keep talking about it, I'm gonna post the picture of the timber rattlesnake that I beheaded. Uh, a couple of years before at the same location. Let me tell you, if, if I had beheaded a timber rattler at the size of that one you beheaded, I would – it would be my profile pick from now on. <laughs> so, yeah, well, After uh, you recovered and got out of the hospital from shock, like you'd be stove up for days. Yeah, uh, you're probably right. Um, I, and I don't care if it's a rat snake. Snakes, uh, <laughs> you know, snakes are bad. Read Genesis 3. That's all that we need to talk about. So – Anyway, all right, so guys, we are, um, it is uh, Friday night at 11.30 p.m. here in the uh, in the south with all of the backwards rednecks, according to Charles Barkley. Get to that yep. a little bit. Uh, and so we are, we are recording from multiple locations using uh, the internets. Yep, and tornadoes and, uh, and, and storms and, and things are heading our way. So I am looking forward to hiding behind my Bible, as I usually do. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> Again, according oh to Mr. Barkley. Which we'll get to later. So, uh, but anyway, we are, uh, we're forging on on this uh, Good Friday. Um, yes. What's, uh, you know, the, for the next 29 minutes anyway. The so show's only going to last thirty-five minutes tonight. Wow! Well, good be, Friday will be o- good. Friday will be over in twenty-nine minutes. Oh, I see. I think we should give everybody a uh, really quick. If you listened into episode forty-four, um, we we talked probably a little too much about WrestleMania, but just <laughs> to get but just to give everyone a big sigh of relief, we actually did get to watch WrestleMania together. They were waiting with bated breath. I know, although. Um, those of you who found 
you know, who remarked about how angry I was. Um, to further the story, we actually got to the location, or Chase did, um, to get us a table at Buffalo Wild Wings, only to find out they didn't, they weren't actually going to broadcast WrestleMania this year. And so we had to make other arrangements, but, uh, but we weren't able to watch it. So we were, and, was, and my, my wife that. was glad to host us because she's such a big wrestling fan and thinks it's so worthwhile for guys our age to watch it. So everything turned out great. Yeah. Well, I thought I thought her comment about uh, it was nice to see um, a muscular guy with no shirt on walking around the house for a change was, you know, I thought that was kind of telling. But uh, it, it anyway. told something. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What's on tap for tonight, guys? What are we going to do? I've got a uh, what we're willing to restart the show because this has been awkward so far. <laughs> yeah. Besides uh, just, the restart. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, the resurrection. How, uh, if you were in a situation where you're on the bus with a stranger, you got two minutes to uh, make your point about the resurrection. I'm going to ask you guys, what, what would you say in two minutes that would point them towards a, a reason for why you believe Jesus rose from the dead? That's a, an appropriate topic for this weekend, Chase. Did you do that on purpose? Uh, no, it was totally random. What is this weekend? Okay. Um, well, I, I was going to make a joke, but I probably shouldn't. So yeah, we, we're tre- we're treading in dangerous waters there. <laughs> Help yes. us, Lord yeah. Jesus. Amen. Nick, what are you, what are you bringing to the table tonight? We are going to um, venture into the waters of big deal, little deal. Um, one topic at the request of Gene in the Hall of Dogma. Um, but both having to deal with uh, the subject of persecution for faith. Awesome. Good deal. And, well, and not, Gene, all, not awesome to be persecuted. Have... No, not awesome to be persecuted. Gene, you get the first shout-out of the show. Congratulations. Oh, sorry. Good I stepped job, on your Gene. moment. Who, Chase's moment? Yeah. No. He does shout-outs. Can, can we give some shout-outs? I have a shout-out. Is, is it time for those? Sure. Uh, look at our handy dandy outline. Uh, are we done with the general humorous discussion? Because we jumped ahead. Sure. Okay. Um, so no contact info. All right. Moving on. Chase. Yes. It's shout out. <laughs> no contact info. No Creflo and no contact info. You Thank you, Hall of Dogma on Facebook. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. That's contact info. Chase. Shout outs, please. No. Sorry. All right. Hey, I want to. A shout out to Corey Drummond, who uh, left us a very positive and encouraging review on iTunes, as well as an unnamed individual, uh, Sir Google. Uh, Sir Google, whoever you are, and and Corey, and anybody else that would like to give us a a nice rating on iTunes, we'll give you a shout out, and we will say we appreciate you very much. Thank you. Awesome. I have a shout-out this week. Uh, big shout-out to uh, Nathan Martin. Okay, I'm done. He doesn't, uh, he hasn't even sent you money. What is it with you and Nathan? We have to clarify that, though. We're just, Nathan did not pay for a shout-out. Let's be clear. Oh, what did he pay for, Nick? Oh, crap. Nathan requests a video feed live of the show. There are numerous reasons I'm hesitant to provide a video stream live of the show. One of which is one of them being our incredible handsomeness. 
Yes, I don't want to make the uh, audience stumble watching us record um, a yes. la uh, WrestleMania at Chase's house. But well, anyway. and also the fact that it's uh, you know we we do shirtless Fridays at the Hall of Dogma, so it's a good thing we don't record on Friday. So usually, so I guess that'll work out. Um, but yeah, there there have been reasons we have uh, kind of avoided it so far. But at Nathan's um, diligent request. Um, I'm going to try to put something together for next week. There was a logistical issue this week with trying to do Skypes and Hangouts, and so with the current well, the big, tech we have. So the big logistical issue is getting Nick and and Chase to not pick their nose during the show. So once we, I have been working with them personally to to show them how to keep their hands in their laps while we do the show, and so we're, we're going to try it for Nathan. I'll be honest; it's it's going to be a challenge. But David, you are as effective a nose picker coach as I have ever met. <laughs> I'll just give you a shout-out for that. Thank you. Hey. Everything I am in the non-nose-picking arena is, is – I'm going to credit you. Thank you. you Look, real, Chase, here's, really here's the thing. His, his main lesson for how to not is to always keep the conversation going. And with him doing <laughs> such a good job of um, verbalizing so many things consistently, um, I, you know, it, it's going to be hard for us to all use that technique. It, it will, but we're going to try. All right. As I, as I told you guys, the number one lesson, don't pick your nose unless you're in your car because you're invisible when you're in your car and you're picking your nose. No one can see you. So if That's you're right. in your car, pick away. If you're not in your car, don't. So and we don't record the show in our the, Is the car invisibility thing limited only to nose picking? Uh, no, Nick, anything you, you do in a car, you're invisible. You, Nick, you can do whatever you want to in your car, buddy. As long yep. as you are not convicted by the spirit, go ahead. <laughs> that was that was my only uh, shout out for the week. So we can move Look, on. You now. know one thing we never do, guys. I, I think it's been like multiple episodes since we have shouted out to a um, any sort of non male personage, and, and I, I'm I'm concerned about that. So I want to give out a, sh- a shout out to uh, Desiree Johnson, who is a great poster in the Hall of Dogma at HallofDogma.com. So you're 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 giving Desiree a shout out for not being a man. Yes, essentially so. Is okay. that uh, kind okay, of an uh, affirmative action sort of thing? Okay, good job, Desiree. Congratulations from Captain Crunchy on um, on being a girl. Yep, Ten, five stars for you. <laughs> I would just like to point out, Desiree, that if I was going to give you a shout out, I would have given you a shout out for. Um, Awesome, thoughtful, theologically deep, and sound post in the uh, Hall of Dogma on Facebook. The truth train is off the tracks already. Well, well, that's what I said. She's also an archer, which is super cool. So, uh, yeah. Well, she think, watches think, Arrow. Well, Who doesn't? Look, that show has been pretty interesting this season. Oh, I have been working on, on pull-ups. What did you say, Chase? I said I've been working on my pull-ups. I'm going to be able to do that like uh, Stephen Amell very oh, soon. That that pull-up bar is sick. That's that's a good trick. I need a sound clip of Chase saying I've been working on my pull-ups. That would be <laughs> that would be good. I will also give a shout out to a non. You realize, David, what you just did? Chase is saying that was jumbled over various people talking. You taking the floor and articulating it so clearly can be edited. Very nicely. Awesome. That's one point for Nick. 
<sighs> I want to give a shout out to Rachel, Rachel Kathy, who is also not a man. And and Rachel gets a shout out for providing the Hall of Dogma with a grenade. So, so we uh, have an, an archer female in the Hall of Dogma and a grenadier female in the Hall I of it was Dogma. A grenadier. That's that's oh uh, well, grenadier, grenadier. You say tomato, I say tomato. So she um, she brought a grenade to the Hall of Dogma church, and it made its way to the studio with a note that said "To Nick with love," which she. Claim she doesn't know anything about, and that that's good, Rachel. That's what all evil villainesses would say, <laughs> is I don't know how that grenade ended up with Nick's name on it. But good choice. Well, I, I might not have done a great job with my shout-out to Desiree, but you called Rachel evil, so I think I'm going to take the, the lead in that one. <laughs> I called her a villainess. Well, and, and an evil villainess, to be oh. you know, use the full phrase. Well... She she brought a grenade. <laughs> that that is a point in your favor. <laughs> I, I still think she's on the good side. All, All right. right. Listen, let's let's I, do something slightly more serious okay, than I, what we've done so far. No, we that one's for you, serious. Parchment. We have nothing serious. Parchment will have to continue to be angry for a few minutes. We actually have Dateline uh, Flagstaff, Arizona. Uh, well, this sounds not, like a serious story. No, it, it's uh, th- guys. We have another Jesus sighting. Now, I don't know if you 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 guys oh keep up. Gosh. You keep up with the various places where we we have seen Jesus. Um, we we've seen Jesus in our toast. We have seen Jesus in um, our cereal, pop tarts, uh, steaks um, in the woods. Uh, we, we've seen Jesus in various places. Uh, Kim Ackerman, age thirty two went in for her regular dental checkup on March 25th, and the hygienist didn't find any cavities in Kim's teeth, but they did see something else, the image of Jesus in one of her left side molars. No. Well, I'm looking at her molar, Nick. I'm looking at the picture, and um, there's there's a big red circle around what appears to be um a well what she says is Jesus um, it, it actually appears to me to be like a uh, kind of a like a teletubby face with uh, two dark eyeballs um, but anywho uh, the uh, Kim clearly sees Jesus in her molar uh, and she says at her dentist the computer shows the x-rays um, and as soon as they were taken, she looked to the hygienist and said, that looks crazy. Do you see what I see? The hygienist said, yes, I've never seen anything like that in anyone's teeth. Now, the uh, apparently the dentist who came in was not as impressed. He simply said, oh, yeah. And then he went on looking at the rest of her teeth. He, he was not as excited um, as these two ladies were. So, uh, just guys, just uh, to get your initial reactions, theologically speaking, what do you think Jesus is doing? Like, what kind of message is he sending here? Well, gosh, at the risk of adding about a thousand years to my time in purgatory, <laughs> I am going to comment on this terrible story. And as I'm looking at a blown-up picture of the dental x-ray, I will say, 
that this looks nothing like a face in any way, shape, or form. This is the most overhyped story ever, and everybody at Huffington Post who's reported on it, and anybody on a podcast who's brought it up should be summarily fired. There's my comment. Um, okay, so you really don't know what Jesus is doing in her tooth. Nick, any thoughts? There's no way that is Jesus. That, and it looks like a... It looks like a rotting oh my pumpkin. Gosh. There's no way. How did that he is get Jesus. To this <laughs> There's no way that's Jesus. Well, now here's here, look, let me no, the, look. The, the, it, I can give you the Teletubby thing, but it does. Yeah. It looks like it looks like a kid tried to do some pumpkin carving, and then that right hand side has kind of collapsed in. Um, yeah. Okay, well, the story deepens. Um, now, this is a sad part. Oh, Kim's mom passed away from cancer when she was 17, so I don't want to uh, poke fun at that. However, she said that when I saw this, I thought, that's my guardian angel. But, but okay. So, I, here's where I'm struggling. Um, I'm not I'm sure struggling if it's Je- in a lot of Jesus places. or the mm-hmm. angel. But... I mean, is your guardian angel going to do any good if it's attached to your molar? Gosh, no thoughts there, guys. So hard. I need to. I mean, I guess image of, of guru sitting on a mountain. So By the way, I mean, David, I guess if if the audience just heard my computer start playing a video, it was about yeah. the story that you mentioned in pre-show about the Price Is Right model giving away the car. Yeah, well, that's that's a, that's funny. That's oh, that was a good one. I mean, I guess if you're back to this uh, story, I guess if you if someone were to attack your teeth and your guardian angel was attached to the teeth, you would be okay. Still, um, nothing. No thoughts. I, this is. I'm just scared. I, I'm just scared. I'll say okay. that. Chase doesn't Ackerman want any is, more time in purgatory. Dave, I think you should have look. Yes, I he think you should have gone with the panda story, David. <laughs> I would have had a lot to say about that. The panda story has to go next to the dog story. Um, I, I will say that Chase has a lot of time already to serve in purgatory, so I can understand him not wanting to say a lot. Ackerman is planning to frame the Jesus Muller x-ray, but admits she feels extra pressure to now practice proper dental hygiene. <laughs> well, uh, yes. I mean, if Jesus is on your tooth, you definitely want to floss and brush it. As often as possible. <laughs> this is the worst story ever. <laughs> she said, and this is a quote, I definitely don't want to get a cavity in that tooth. <laughs> it just keeps getting worse and worse. And I mean, worse. wouldn't wouldn't Jesus be able to cast the cavity out if if it showed up in the tooth? I'm looking forward to seeing you in person, David. <laughs> Sunday, at which point in time I'll ask you the question, what was up with you Friday night, man? You're usually so sober-minded and, you know, not given to this sort of thing. Chase, I so thought you were going, I look forward to the moment when I see you in purgatory. Like, that's straight. I, so I thought you were going to say, no, I look forward. I thought you were already a given, making a company place for like, I look forward to seeing you in person in purgatory. <laughs> Yeah, where we can hang that's out. That's sure going to happen. I mean, for okay. a long time. Well, I guess um, 
I guess uh, that will be the end of the the uh, the tooth story. Um, Jesus, who who actually just kind of prophesied everyone would see him return, apparently didn't mean when he came back to someone's tooth. So there you go. That was what were you thinking for this week, guys? And, and just were you just thinking to, with just, that story? Just to be clear, I, I I don't actually think Jesus is in this lady's tooth or in a piece of toast or in a tree in the forest or any other various places that we tend to see Jesus. And by the way, he typically in those images looks like the uh, blonde haired, blue eyed Jesus that we see hanging in all the paintings in the uh, Baptist churches with long Anywhere. hair. And I don't, yes, I don't think hair. Jesus had long hair, biblically speaking. Or was blue-eyed and blonde. Probably not. Or white. Yep. Or or white. Yeah. So, anyway, uh, I guess I'll be done, guys, because... Uh, That's probably for the best. Yeah. So, we'll move on to... Uh, Nick, I understand you kind of have a, a little bit of a uh, a game for us tonight. Kind of, sort of. Did you pay attention at all during the show prep? I, off and on. Okay. Um, it's uh, I can't remember what we're going to call this t-shirt time. Swag. No, swag time. Swag time. Swag time. Okay. Yep. Um, time. So the, the time has come um, to prepare the t-shirts, and uh, we have had a ongoing oh, discussion in the hall, thread in the hall <laughs> about t-shirt suggestions and um much to uh our dismay the uh the shirt with the most uh votes right now is um the gospel friends and just on the back list all the contact information uh that way we could stop taking 20 minutes every stinking episode oh, i don't know what it. they're talking about we don't do contact info. what contact info exactly uh, yeah. if you want to try to get in touch with us good luck <laughs> yeah try to find us <laughs> So I, I dare will, you. I will yeah, slightly correct you. you, Nick, there. I think the the one with the most votes as of today is Emmanuel's post with 16, which has surpassed Joshua Dean's post. Oh, has it? Okay. Which I was, has I was, a mere yeah. 10. Nice. Let's, let, let's Thank not you, say it yet. Let's get to it yeah, in a no. second. Uh, but I want to clarify, Nick, before you – not to steal your yes. segment. Yes. No. But, not, no. I mean, but these are no the, other way, David. No. These are the Gospel Friends T-shirts. Gospel Correct. Friends t-shirts Correct. that Thank we are going to release um, uh, episode 52. Like yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And uh, <laughs> it remains to be seen if we have any other swag. We're, we're checking into maybe some coffee cups or something. But uh, definitely we want to go with t-shirts. Yeah. We're going to release them on our um, kind of sort of one-year anniversary, mm-hmm. depending on when you want to actually talk about the show starting. And um, t- T-shirts, that, coffee again. mugs, cod pieces. Did you say cod pieces? No, that was somebody else. Okay, and so uh, we are going to now, Nick. Have we? I know we're talking about the slogan on the on the back. So mm-hmm. now, my understanding is the front is going to say the gospel friends, and then a picture of me. Right? Is that is that what we're going with? Veto. Okay. Chase, I wouldn't even dignify it with a response. If I have a blank space there, it's easier to edit out. All right, let's, let's get the uh, let's get to the slogans. Go ahead, Nick. All right, so um, <laughs> Emmanuel's first was release the swag. Oh wait, not a suggestion. Um, Nathan Martin did have the suggestion of meh. 
meh. Yeah. Uh, he, uh, short and I sweet. think Emmanuel, Emmanuel says that a lot. So I've never noticed. Um, uh, Brad Melton fell in love with an umlaut. Um, and please be civil. Um, basically a little bit of a kind of, is that how you pronounce umlauts? Like you just, it's what I'm going with. Okay. So, um, uh, the good old hood had where the Bible is silent chases not. Um, <laughs> you know what? I'm going to give that one a like. Right See, the, that, that one actually has seven likes. Um, it's got eight now. Yep. Uh, John Talley, um, elder at the Hall of Dogma Church, as valuable as Creflo's plane, as wide open as Bell's Gospel, as fun as a hugging chair. That's beautiful. The uh, yeah, the hugging chair reference, by the way, comes from a early episode. Um, you can find uh, that on our website, but I'm not going to tell you where that is because yeah, that would be that would Google be contact. That would be either. contact. Yeah, which we don't we don't do here. Nope. So um, now, okay. So Chris Stoddard, um, I'm joining you on butchering that poor man's name. Uh, more worthwhile than a AS650. Or whatever the jet is called. Um, hey, speaking of that, can we talk about the Creflo situation in a little bit tonight? I don't care. Uh, whatever you want to do, whatever you want to do, Chase. We can. I, I'm just stirring the pot. No, look, uh, I, I'm in on. fear of the truth train, and so you, whatever you, you want to do, you, you stirred the pot with the truth train this week. So it's, it's a very long train. I, it took I was, a while I, for it to pull into station. <laughs> Very slow, very long. I was a little surprised yeah. that nobody uh, realized um, that and that was actually a picture of the Soul Train. Ironically, filled with pandas in the first car, which was kind of weird. <laughs> Indeed. So, um, now, Kevin had that, had a statement, and I don't know if it's calling back or if it's actually a suggestion, but it's, will you be my friend? Um, Kevin, Kevin, I'll be your, I'll we'll be your be friend, friend, buddy. Uh, yeah. Stuttered again. <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> TGF, thank, uh, the Gospel Friends, where all are welcome, but Chase is always right. Um, you know, that's a good one. I'm going to like that again. Oh, wait, I can't. <laughs> um, I actually like Desiree's no drifting towards evangelism. In, well, help me out, somebody. That word. Yep. Hey, wait a minute. Nick, Nick, do you like that because. Do you like that because you like it, or do you like it because Desiree's a girl? Mm hmm. Huh? I'm just, I'm just Desiree's thinking. a girl. Oh, uh, yeah, I, just, to, I treat all of our all dogma members the same, no matter age, race, or gender. <laughs> you don't see That's boys good. or girls, just, liberal. Well, the, the, look the, on the comments. The picture is really, really small, and so um, he does listen to NPR, I believe. Me? Oh, well, that's even worse. Now, I, I listen to a bunch of tech podcasts from a bunch of tree-hugging hippies in California, so... Um, nothing? Uh, n- nothing on that? you leave that. Golly. Uh, about Tony Vance, where the only thing we are dogmatic about is sarcasm. I actually like that one. That's, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. James McSorley, we talk poop almost every week. Which is accurate, but I don't, I'm not sure if it's uh, t-shirtable. Yeah, maybe not. Um, now we Tra- haven't talked about poop this week. Oh, we Let's just not did. Start. Travis, like a warm hug from a stranger. Uh, I like that. It, it's yeah. kind of appropriately awkward and creepy for the show. My concern is would the audience want to wear that around? 
Oh, I'm I'm just saying I like it. I don't know if I'd put it on the shirt. I got but it's you. clever. I got you. Uh, the Gospel Friends. Every show is better than the next one. I think that's a veiled insult. Yeah. You don't mm-hmm. think Aaron was being serious there, Aaron Disney? You think he was? Uh, he, that was a slight. I I think it was a clever one. Yeah, I think it was every a little show bit of a sarcastic. Hey, oh. Hey, Aaron and I are bros, so I'm not I'm not dogging on Aaron. He's oh, my bro. He, look, he's your We're yeah, down. he's your bro because he he agreed with you on Creflo, so that that's why you guys are bros. Bros, Every, oh, shout I, out hashtag. I see what he did. Every show is better than the next one. In other yep. words, um, they're getting worse as they go along. <laughs> yeah, we're still Good bros, job, Aaron. Kevin, even God has friends. Amen. I I, I think. I'm not sure how to anyway. Uh, here's here's the, here's the best one. Yeah, go up. ahead. Emmanuel Marsh, the Gospel Friends, because that hour and a half isn't going to waste itself. That's strong. That is really strong. Boom. Good job. Good job, Emmanuel. Of course, I actually like Travis's. Chase, you want to take this one? Travis Hinkle, the Gospel Friends, where everybody knows your name, they just can't pronounce it correctly. Speaking and of I don't which, know why David that, is not tagged in that post, but I don't know. Maybe well, it's no, – I just can't see it. That. No, I want to point out that the last two times that Nick has brought up Kevin, he has not pronounced – he's not said his last name. He simply said Kevin. You're right. That's why. Would you like to pronounce Kevin's last name? No. Okay. <laughs> so I have the God-given sense to not try. I would say I, Diener. David, is is that another cat that you've managed to steal off of somebody in the background? <laughs> that is just that is the that is the other cat. I mean, that's the same guess, cat. That's the uh, that's the one stolen cat we have. It's not stolen. Okay. Look, it I don't just, know. It was in the campground outside of someone's camper. I mean, I don't, very clearly. I don't, I don't know much about cats, but I do know that that meow is a cry for family, a, a cry for returning to family. So, you know, do with that what you will. That's a sad cat. She's, she's got a good family um, as, she's locked, as she's locked out in the garage. <laughs> anyway, how about uh, Travis Hinkle again? Hashtag free Nick. I'm down. I think you I missed think alienating all enough. people since 2014. <laughs> That's actually better. All than, those are pretty good. <laughs> yeah, that one's good. Tristan had a good one. Uh, winning friends and influencing people since dot 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 starting Monday. Yeah, I'm not sure about Chris Studdard's next one either. The Gospel Friends, the best one of them is imaginary. That's a shout out <laughs> be, to Bernard. The cat liked that one. <laughs> be quiet, cat. <laughs> that is a shout out to Bernard. So I still oh, want to, uh, oh, go ahead. Now go ahead. Chris no, my ADD one, kicked Gospel, in. It's really the Gospel late. Friends. Yeah, the gospel friends give us money and we'll give you shout outs. <laughs> Hashtag Nathan Martin. But although no That's a one good really one. understood Yeah, no one really understood what um, Nathan was uh actually paying for, except for me. Well, and if he'd have paid he me was for it, making I it rain. Made it happen. Probably. I, I, I by the way I need to send his money back to him. What, what uh, or maybe we'll just do this. Yeah, we're still at twenty two. I need to send it back and get another couple of bucks, maybe. <laughs> Grow well, the investment. We, we, you can't. We bought the WrestleMania food last week with that $22, remember? Oh, dang. Okay. I'll think of some other clever scheme. How about Aaron Disney, the Gospel Friends podcast for the handsome and popular 
with the stellar picture there. That, that's that's a good yeah. one. That's scary. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. that guy looks both handsome and popular and a lot like Chase. Hey, Josh Parchman got in on the action. I listened to the Gospel Friends, and all I got was a lousy shout-out. How about Josh coming in and, and uh, doing something a little entertaining? Good job, Josh. Yay, hey, Josh. Brent, you skipped over Chris's, Good job branching though. out. Well, I Chris has had like 14. I know, but this is actually pretty good. Uh, it should say on the back, the Hall of Dawn with the best group on Facebook, please don't join. <laughs> <laughs> we like it here. Please don't visit. All right, we have like um, – we we had uh, about like sixty of these, um, really really good guys. But we, we need to um, probably pick and narrow down. So how, how are we going to do this? I mean, we, we we've got a ton out here. How are we going to narrow down? Um, we're going to go with five. Nick, is that is that the plan? Yeah, I thought. Well, that was kind of my initial suggestion to give us an, give us enough variety. Um, I think we have enough quality material here for five. So maybe. Um, I think the initial idea was each one of us pick one, and then we kind of uh, all come to a consensus on two more, and then we'll we'll put them in a poll in the hall. All right, so we're going to go through and pick. Um, I get y'all want me to go first. So who's? Yeah, Dave, we know you're going first. first. We don't draft it. Okay, well I'm gonna I'm gonna <laughs> take a manuals. Um, yeah, that hour and a half isn't going to waste itself. All right, so that's my that's my pick. It's a good choice. Good choice. Do I need to pick again? Strong. Uh, no, you don't get to pick twice. You just get the once. How about you go, oh, Nick? Okay. Um, see, there's some good ones. Uh, I like Josh's throwing my line back on myself um, about the you guys do better. But I'm actually going to go with the the Travis Hinkle. Everybody knows your name. They just can't pronounce it correctly. That's I think good. that's pretty funny that's, and pretty endearing. Hey, yep. before, Ch- before Chase picks, can I ask, did y'all – I mean, what what do you guys think about my suggestion? Did anybody any any thoughts about using that one? Uh, you're quiet, talking Kat. on my turn, and, and I don't like your suggestion, so I don't think we're going to give you a shout out by reading it. It, it. Something about it was a little self serving. I don't know. I hope your back feels better though. It's it's getting there. Good. Good. Uh, Brad Melton had a pretty good one. Did you seriously expect us to agree on a slogan? Um, unfortunately, I think good. there's some truth there. But my pick is going to go with my bro, Aaron Disney. He said the Gospel Friends podcast for the handsome and popular. That's just uh, – that's good stuff right there. All right. So that's that's three of the five. So, David, since obviously um, you have another suggestion – well, I liked mine. I mean, I thought mine was good. Hey, Rev V, how's your back? You've been carrying the show for a long time. All right, so Chase, I'm, what was your uh, second again? Uh, I'm going to go ahead and use my second vote to vote against David's first vote. So oh, uh, at least we won't have that. <laughs> Are we going to have another Creflo situation on our hands? We can't have another Civil War Part 2. Oh, you no, mean like where we, we, where we don't have like anything definitive, so Chase just decides for us? Is that the correct word? <laughs> what you mean by that? Mm. Mm. Hey, in a minute, I'm going to start reading from the truth train. Uh, <laughs> All right, so what are we going to do, guys, about the last two? How are we going to, how are we going to come up with this? What, uh, what, what do you think about Tony's here? Uh, t- the Gospel Friends, where the only thing we are dogmatic about is, is sarcasm. That kind of gets the Hall of Dogma in there, and it gets sarcasm in there. It's pretty good. I like that. Uh, I like yeah, – that's, that's a good one. All right, we'll go with that. I think that would be that could be a good number four. 
Daniel Lee, the edification through godly sarcasm. That's pretty good. I tell you what, should we just uh, uh, t- should we just limit it to four if we can't find, now, find I, a fifth? I want to. I want. I, I, want um, I, I actually want to go with uh, Chris's. Or what do you think, guys, about one of uh, Chris's? Uh, you know, he had a, he had a lot, but uh, this one, um, Gospel Friends, about as offensive as Luther and as serious as Benny Hinn. Um, can we actually put Benny's name on a T-shirt in a in a detrimental fat in a detrimental way? That's a good question. We ought to find out. I doubt he has any money to sue us or lawyers. Yeah, let's just not go with that. All right, let's just stick with the four. But but, <laughs> what about, but Chris, do we not try. like Brad's? What Brad's? The Gospel Friends. Did you seriously expect us to agree on a slogan? That's pretty good. That's actually good. All right, let's 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 make that number five. Okay, oh, so I've, there they are. Well, Travis has already got one, but two Calvinists and a microphone, and Nick. I think that's. <laughs> That's, also that's nice good. as well. All right, I say let's go with those five. Uh, let's put them out in the hall. You guys vote on it, and let's get to something um, this a is little bit more substantive. The, the slogan one, right? Yep. Okay. All, All right, right. We, well, we got to move. New record Josh, Josh and Emmanuel are sharpening their knives right now, so let's uh, yeah. let's get to and something. Good reason. Yes, let's get to something. Uh, let's get to something a little bit um, more straightforward. Yeah, Nick, lead us so, to the promised land. Oh wow, this is a lot of pressure. All right, so we're um, we've got big deal, little deal this week, and um, as kind of hinted at, uh, Gene um, leaning on my previous uh, strategy that David uh, recognized. Not going to try your last name there, bro, but uh, he made a formal request for the Gospel Friends to do a big deal, little deal on the Indiana Arkansas religious freedom restoration bills and all the backlash. Um, he noted that uh, Georgia backed out of passing a version of their own due to the backlash. Um, Indiana has made an amendment to the bill this uh, this morning. That was yesterday morning. Um, Alabama does have an RFRA of their own. Uh, and he wanted us to kind of take this on. Um, he was hoping Emmanuel would be here, and I'll admit I would, uh, I would love to hear Emmanuel's take on this as well. But, um, guys, uh, do we need to recap the RFRA, or do we think the audience kind of knows what's going on here? Well, num- I number one, uh, hang on. Uh, I, I, I want to get let's get Gene's, David. let's get Gene's name out there. It's it's, it's Galsworth, right? Gene Galsworth. So that's a there really, you go. really good try. I'm sorry, Gene Galsworth. We tried. Um, oh well. Okay. Anyway, Chase, you like can now Gene, give the. Uh, uh, thank you for the. Topic. All right. I think Chase, uh, can you? Can you? Uh, I think you it's realize we're making synopsis. the t-shirt competition much easier to decide, right? Yes, I think okay. we. If 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 Chase, if you could give a synopsis on the RFRA, um, if you have that, I think that might be helpful for people who are listening. Okay. Well, Indiana. Uh, well, I have the Wikipedia. Ready? Ready? Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead with the wiki. <laughs> you shouldn't have said that. The Religious Freedom Restoration Act of 1993. Pub L number 103-141-107, Statute 1488, November. Okay, Chase, you go. Yeah, that's the uh, <laughs> government one from 93. <laughs> I know. I was just being silly. It's it's 12 o'clock, man. Give me some credit. So essentially what has happened is that uh, Indiana has recently passed and Governor Pence signed into law the uh, Religious Freedom Restoration Act, which ostensibly – 
is supposed to protect uh, religious people from situations that would violate their Bill of Rights style con- uh, convictions in-, in doing business with people. Well, in passing that law, a lot of the LGBTQ etc. community has had what some Christian commentators have called a freakout, essentially uh, saying that this law, even though there's uh, well over a dozen similar laws in place in many states and that have been in place for a long time, they've said that the Indiana law is egregiously uh, targeted towards homosexuals. Tools, that is, it is the same thing as racism, that uh, it is ex- incredibly uh, discriminatory, and they have called on Indiana to uh, retool the law or repeal it. Um, several people have, have even boycotted going to Indiana, uh, including some athletic directors and other businessmen. Charles Barkley made a big deal out of it. Arkansas, Walmart uh, has put a lot of pressure on Arkansas to not pass the law, even though this week when they were asked to cite what particular portion of the Arkansas HB 1228 law they disagreed with, they just said, well, we don't know what portion we do. I'm not authorized to give that information. So really, I think this is just a, a tremendous overreaction that has happened. But I guess I'm, I'm, I'm not telling the story. I'm getting to my opinion. So I'll shut up now. That's what's going on. All right, so Chase, I will throw it to you first. I mean, do you think, and I'll let you kind of, because there's been a few subplots that have developed over the week. Um, there's the story um, of, of the bakery, uh, or the, I'm sorry, the pizza, the pizza place, and I don't have the name in front of me. Um, uh, I guess they were interviewed, and they said um, they wouldn't deny a gay person at their restaurant, but they would refuse to make pizzas for a same-sex wedding, and things have blown up. Um, even so far as a teacher um, saying, who wants to go to that town and burn this place down? Um, followed by um, members of the business, owners of the business, basically packing up and going into hiding. Um, people started a GoFundMe um, that's raised at this point, I think, somewhere in the neighborhood of $700,000 in support of this business. Um, and then uh, a, at CVS uh, – Six. Um, uh, it's a local station, not CBS at large. Uh, went on to say, "I have reported the GoFundMe memory pizza for fraud, just in case." Um, and so this this whole thing has become a, a pretty significant bat- battleground. So, you know, kind of kind of pick your vein, articulate what it is, and let us know if you think it's a, a big deal or a little deal. Well, I think it's a big deal because of the reaction to the law. I think the law itself is not a big deal. The law, you know, for instance, uh, an attorney this week from Virginia um, who is pro-gay marriage, uh, very, very strongly in favor of gay marriage, um, has come out this week and he essentially said, look, uh, his name is Douglas Laycock. He is a uh, a professor at uh, University of Virginia Law School. He has said that this is not targeted towards homosexuals. It, they're really the, – the law itself is really about pr- protecting religious minorities in certain situations. It's not particularly discriminatory. So I think the, the homosexual community essentially has really seriously overreacted to this thing. 
Um, and, and I think that's essentially the LGBTQ strategy right now that any sort of um, legislation or, or movement that is – is in regards to them, their strategy seems to be to be very loud and very strong and, and to give a response that is not proportionate to the situation at hand. At the same time, um, I would say I, – I would, I, I would like to know on the, on the other side of the fence – if a, a wedding photographer, for instance, would say, I'm not going to take pictures of a gay wedding, would you I, – I would ask the question, would you take pictures uh, of a wedding in, in a situation where somebody's been divorced uh, and is getting remarried in an unbiblical way? And I would say to the pizza place that's not going to carry that uh, – cater the wedding, would you uh, cater a, a, a heterosexual wedding – that is is happening um, in an in an unbiblical way. In other words, maybe somebody had an affair, they got divorced, and they're getting married again. Uh, you know, so are we just singling out homosexual marriages here, or are we essentially saying that we don't want to support any unbiblical marriage? I think that's a question that, that should be asked. I like that you. Um, I always like when that. Uh Second question gets attacked on any of these because I, I think that's um, that's a good thing that we should have ourselves answer as believers. Uh, David, um, kind of the same question to you. Um, there's been a lot of there's the the main plot and subplots. Um, let us know where your where your thinking is on this and whether it's a big deal or a little deal. Yeah, well, actually, after um, the great divide between Chase and I on the Creflo issue, we're actually back on the same page on this one. So he, he actually stole a lot of what I was going to say. (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, so, you know, Chase is actually right on this one. Um, you know, because he agrees about time. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, I, I think it's a big deal because I think this whole issue, I mean, look, this is a monumental shift that we are, we have been in, in this country, in the United States that we're continuing to be in. And, you know, even now, I mean, the president of the United States, Barack Obama, when he ran for president, um, you know, he's almost at the end of his, you know, term. So, uh, what, seven years in office, maybe at this point, um, something like that. Um, when he ran um, in for the presidency, he said he was against gay marriage. That he was for civil unions, but that he was against gay marriage. That he believed marriage should be between one man and one woman. Um, and, and you know, we, we we actually found out later, um, according to a guy who's you know was his chief strategist, that that was actually not true. That was just simply something he said. Uh, and and this is not you know I, I'm I'm not saying this. This is not coming from the other side of the political aisle. This was the guy who was his chief strategist during his run up to be elected president that he essentially hid he he hid his real facts uh i mean he he hid excuse me his real um thoughts on on the issue and um you know and and the reason that he did that the reason that um you know he did not tell what he really felt was because um you know the country the mood of the country at that point was against gay marriage and uh, and so 
you know, he he had to take that platform because um, his strategist and this guy was, uh, by the way, David Axelrod. Um, and, uh, you know, you can read the article Time magazine, Obama misled nation when he opposed gay marriage in 2008. But Axelrod, you know, said the political climate at the time in the country was the majority of people were against gay marriage. And so he couldn't run on that platform. Well, here you are just, you know, that was 2008 probably carried over 2009, 2010, the whole thing shifted. And we're, we're here in 2015, and the mood of the country, the the popular opinion in the country is the exact opposite. And so we, we, we have seen this swing. We're going to continue to see it. I am fully expecting um, that gay marriage will be the law of the land. Um, I think that's where the Supreme Court will rule, although there's some question about whether or not they have that authority you know, to actually make a decision out. But regardless, um, I think that's where it, it's going. And so I think it's a big deal in that regard. Um, but I, I'm like Chase, and, and I, I don't, you know, there, there's something, I look, I don't think ministers should be forced to do gay marriages. Um, I, I don't think photographers, I mean, there, there's something very intimate about going and, and shooting um you know, a, a wedding. And, and so I, you know, I, I, I wouldn't want a photographer to be forced into something that would sear their conscience there. Um, you know, but I guess, I, I guess somebody, you know, who's running a bakery or running a, a pizzeria or whatever, who was asked to cater a wedding, I guess they could say the same thing, but I, I do think there's a question. I do think there's a question that, that business owners have to ask. I think there's one thing to be a, a, a nonprofit, you know, to be a church with clergy and, you know, a pastor not have to stand up and, and be forced to or someone try to force them to do a marriage ceremony. But I think as a secular business owner um, where you are for profit and you are there making money – I think there does have to be, you know, there has to be a question at some point of, you know, how are you going to live in the culture and 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 interact with it? And I think Chase is asking a good question. You know, do you, you know, would you cater a wedding if you found out the couple was living together prior to marriage? Would you say, no, I'm sorry, I, I'm opposed to that. I, I can't, I can't make a cake for you because you've been living in sin. I mean. I, I think we have to be careful on the other side of the aisle that we don't have the same type, you know, that, that because this issue is being forced, um, which is what's happening right now, because it's being forced and the the layout of the country is moving in that direction. I think we have to be really careful that we don't swing the pendulum in a, in a backlash format, you know, against this one single issue. That we are making gay marriage now out to be this sin above all sins, um, and uh, you know, and, and I know that even people listening to this podcast are probably going to disagree with what I'm saying there. I, I just think we have to be very careful because you know it, it's there are people coming in all the time asking you to cater their weddings who are in a sinful condition, and the marriage is probably in a sinful condition, and they're entering into it in a sinful condition. And and I, I guess somebody might counter and say, well, it's not going to be a continual sin once they get married, uh, where gay marriage would be a continual sin. But I, I think that's a little, 
I think that's a little bit of a stretch. I mean, the the point is, we're not quizzing people religiously before we cater all of their their events, and I think that's something that you have to think through if you're a secular business owner. Yeah, I'll, you know, I not to agree or disagree, but I, I did find something that was helpful to me in kind of understanding um, this, and I'll try to remember to put it in the show notes. But the Federalist dot com, um, no guarantee is made by the quality of anything else on their site but uh, it was kind of a, a, a chart of how the RFRA works um, and one of the the first question is substantial burden on sincere belief um, basically uh, are you just trying to be a, a goober or do you mean what you say and say what you mean um, and then is there a compelling interest um, does the government have a very good reason to interfere? And then um, finally, um, is there a reasonable alternative to the public interest? And um, this chart kind of cites two scenarios. Um, one was the gentleman in Florida, Arnold Abbott, a nine-year-old Florida man who had been arrested three times for feeding the homeless um, outcome. Uh, Florida, because of it has an RFRA, the courts eventually ruled that Mr. Abbott's religious freedoms were being violated um, and that he is continued free to continue to help the needy. Uh, basically, F- Florida um, didn't allow uh, people to... Uh, to the courts ruled that the nonprofit was restricted in its ability to serve the homeless. I can't remember the Florida law that he was arrested under, but um, it, he, he claimed RFRA and, and won. Um, another uh, in Chicago, 40 churches sued um, Chicago basically because of zoning laws where Chicago said churches can't be in certain places, and the group of churches lost. And so um, this isn't just a flippant. Thing that people can go in and something gets thrown out, it just makes sure that people can have their claims heard. It doesn't mean they'll win. Um, and so, uh, well, and 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 I look, I'm not, I am for religious freedom and the protection of that, and I, I think that you now I don't have an issue. Again, I don't, I don't, I don't think people, I don't think business owners should be forced to violate their conscience but i just think from a christian perspective i think you have to ask the question you know i think i think tristan um posted this in the facebook group or hall of dogma uh facebook group a few weeks ago and and i think he um essentially made the comment and i hope i get this right that you know look if you're a business owner and there's no way around you serving the public without violating your conscience you might just need to find a different line of work. Not saying that you have to do it in terms of you know violating what you think is right, but it may be that you have to find a different line, you know, something else to do. And you know, again, I think people may backlash against that and say, "Oh, you should be able to serve who you, you know, you, you, you want to serve or not serve." But you know, again, I think we have to be very careful because we're not, you know, are we? I don't think there's any way that we are, you know, refusing to cater every event that could somehow be a, you know, entangled in sin. Um, and and so you, you really have to think through that, I think, as a Christian business owner um, and, and exactly, you know, how you're going to navigate that um, and whether or not you can nav- navigate that in, in in this society that we live in today. 
That's that's a good point. I, let, let me say a couple of things on closing on this because I think it's a big story. I really think it's probably a huge deal. Uh, kind of going along with what you said just then, David, I, I would say this, and I know it's going to be a little bit produ- provocative, but I think it's true. Our, the Christian response business-wise to homosexual marriage and homosexuals in general is indeed discriminatory if it only targets or only seeks to exclude service to homosexual couples and in homosexual situations. I'm reiterating my point before, but I'm adding to that that it is essentially discriminatory if, for instance, you would have no problem whatsoever uh, providing services for a couple – uh, who who are marrying out of an adulterous situation just because there's a they're a man and a woman, but you would say I'm not going to help out or I'm not going to provide services for a homosexual couple. Now that said, I think the bigger issue here is the issue of the LGBTQ advocates kind of not just pushing for equality or pushing for lack of discrimination. Um, I think Pete Callender who is a uh, – and, and Nick, I'm going to send you this to maybe put in the show notes. Pete Callender is a strong advocate of uh, gay rights, is on that side of the fence, is, is a liberal person. But he wrote an article this week that essentially said, what is the goal ultimately of the LGBTQ movement? What are they going for? It, it, and he said, I don't think – I don't necessarily think it's equality. I, because I think they're going for more more than that. And he said it's fair to ask the question of, of what um, – uh, it's fair to ask the question of, of what is the um, – I'm trying to find the quote here. It says, our society appears to be in the midst of a quickening on this matter. And unless the left tells us where this is heading, I'm not sure any of us will know when we arrived. And at the current pace, you know, it, it could be bad wherever it's going. All right, the bigger question and the bigger issue here, I think, is the uh, the way the LGBTQ community is essentially, and I'm metaphorically speaking, fighting this battle, how they're pushing back. I don't think the ultimate goal is merely equality. I don't think the ultimate goal is merely the cessation of all discrimination. It's more aggressive than that. And Pete Callender, who is a strong vocal supporter of the LGBT community, a strong vocal supporter of uh, of gay marriage, he wrote this week, he, he said uh, – uh, he essentially said, I've argued for years with conservatives trying to convince them that that, uh, that, that the homosexual lobby essentially is only seeking equality. But he says, I'm wrong. He, he says, they're going past this. And he says, I think – he says, I think a fair question to ask is – where does this all end? What are we going for? And he points back to a, a situation that happened last year. I don't think we made a big enough deal out of, but uh, Nick, you'll remember when Brendan Ike, who was the head of uh, Mozilla, was forced to resign from the company merely because he, he was not in favor of gay marriage. Now, that is the height of discrimination. In other words, it's saying – 
if you don't agree with our position, you can't have a livelihood. You can't lead a company. You can't have a functional position in society. And, and that's dangerous. And he says uh, – Callender closes his article. He says, I thought people uh, on, in, in the LGBT community essentially just wanted to be left alone. I was wrong. For many, they want forced conversions to their point of view. He said forced, to conversion, forced conversions I added to their point of view, to, to be fair. And he says, as such, it's only fair to ask where this thing ends. Hmm. Well, and, and I think, look, I, I don't agree with – I obviously do not agree with that. I, I do think there's a, a, a militant activism on the other side of the issue that's pro, um, you know – all of the – not just gay marriage, but obviously many of the things that we're seeing come out of the uh, um, you know, L- LGBTQ um, activist. But you know, I, I just – I think, again, from the Christian perspective, number one, we have to realize – I mean where, where is this headed? It is, it is – we are in the days of Noah. We are headed there even deeper. It is going to get – worse. I mean, that is, that's just how it's going to be. And I'm not a defeatist. I'm not trying to just say, you know, there's nothing for us to do. We live in a country that is made up of laws and, and we can, we can fight for what laws we want. And we, and and we have people in, in the political channels who work on that and I support them wholeheartedly. But ultimately, ultimately, um, Society is going to continue to unravel morally. I mean, the Bible just shows us that, and, and our responsibility, as it as it tells us in Isaiah, you know, arise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord uh, shines upon you. And the darkness will cover the nations and the peoples, but my light will be on you, and nations will come to your light. The church has to shine the gospel that during this time. And, and and as things get morally worse, and what we have to be really careful about is that we do not return anger for anger, slander for slander, and we just yeah. can't. That's not our calling, no matter how – No, I mean, we and we can't use injustice as an excuse when Jesus has told us we are going to be treated unjustly. We are going to be persecuted, and, and – and I'm 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 not advocating just lay down. I am advocating that our first and primary concern as Christians is to shine the light of the gospel, not to return anger for anger. And and that that's what we have to keep our uh, that's where we have to keep our focus. And, and and again, I'm not going to you know even if they tried to force me, I, I wouldn't do a a marriage of a gay couple. Um. You know, in order to you know to just appease or not to argue, um, but I want to do my best to not attack, and I want to do my best to not you know, return that anger. And, and and I just think we have to ask ourselves hard questions, especially when we're going to fight those battles politically, and we're going to fight, quote unquote, fight the battles. Um, I think we have to fight them in the right way, but at the same time, we have to ask those questions because you know it, you're a pizza pizzeria owner. You don't want to cater a gay wedding because you're against gay marriage, um, and and okay, but you know why are you are you against the gay marriage because it's a sin? And if so, you know would you deliver pizzas to the gay household later on when they were having a anniversary celebration? 
you know, would you would you, you know, bake a cake for a, a an anniversary um, between two gay people? I mean, there's just all these questions that you have to that we have to work through while we try to figure out how to correctly shine the light of the gospel without returning um, anger uh, toward the those who are lost. So, well good said. Dis- I agree with that. Good discussion. Um, I'm going to post. I'm not going to dive too deep into it here because we've had a good discussion, and it's it's a little bit off topic of the of the primary thing that's been in the media. But um, we talked before about some of my wife's upbringing and, and her um, the community of faith she was raised in that I that I do uh, casually refer to as a cult. Um, and uh, she's a member of a Facebook group for for some people that have been a part of that. And um, there's an article someone posted in there. Basically, um, <laughs> they're saying the the cult founder uh, hadn't been in the media in a while. He's he was brought up and, and their church was brought up uh, in in light of the RFRA because uh, it would basically imp- it would make it easier for churches uh, to do what they did and for for leaders and. Um, you know, authority figures in the churches to have um, this um, sway over people. Um, one of the statistics posted in the article was that um, the death rate was 8,000 times higher for women uh, in this church, this community of faith, um, than than other women in the community during the height of its going on um, because of the uh, inability for these women to have medical care and things like that. And uh, this this law, um, there's a fear that it could cause these states to become uh, basically very appealing for this more cult-like mentality to flock to because of the protection it would afford them. And, um, you know, there's multiple sides to everything, and that was not getting talked about. And I just... Um, I find that fascinating as well. So for those interested, that'll be in the in the show notes um, on the site. You won't be able to find. So um, the other because <laughs> we're not going to tell you where it is. Yeah, you'll never know. Um, hey, I, go ahead. Are, well, I was going to say I, I do want to mention because we teased it at the beginning about yep. Charles Barkley, and just to give okay. the, the very quick Charles Barkley quote. Um, Charles Your Barkley boy, was. That. Yeah, I know. And look, I, I like Charles. I mean, he's. He's, you know, I mean, he is. He's an Auburn guy, um, big supporter of, of athletics there. Um, but, but Charles is opinionated, and sometimes those opinions are funny, you know, when I agree with them, and then sometimes they're they're uh, they're not. But, you know, this one, I mean, he he, he told CNN, um, here's the quote: "Gay people didn't go after Christians; they came after gay people." Let's get that straight. Typically in the South, that's where I'm from, all these rednecks hide behind the Bible. That's one of the reasons the South is behind in everything. They always hide behind the Bible. It's strictly about discrimination. So, um, you know, I mean, number one, I mean, we pastor and minister in the South. I wish more people hid their lives behind the Bible than than currently do. Uh, But, uh, you know, at at the same time, I I, I disagree – with this, uh, you know, with his um, that that Christians decided to go after or attack gay people, I I, I don't. Uh, certainly, there there are homophobic people uh, out there. Certainly, there are homophobic people in the church. Um, I don't think we should be. Uh, I, I certainly think there are groups that have attacked uh, Christian under the name of the Christian banner have attacked 
gay people. But I don't think that's by and large the um, I don't think that's by and large the, the the you know the focus of the church. I think the church is continually trying to find its footing in this issue and trying to find its footing on where we go. Um, but but I, I I don't think you know Christians have just launched this attack. I think they are standing up for what they believe the Bible teaches. But but we are having to learn, and we're going to have to learn what that looks like as we move forward. And I, I think there are certain things that Christians are doing that we cannot do. And, um, and, and we've got to find the biblical foundation to stand on, truth and love, um, as we move forward. And it's, it's not as simple as some Christians make it. So we don't want to turn into Charles Barkley on the other side. That's, that's what we don't want to do. I agree. Look, I got, I got something to say to Charles Barkley, brother. There are five things here that the South is not behind in. Football, peanuts, weather, straw hats, and river rafts. So you put that in your pipe and smoke it. Good, good job, Chase. Good job. Um, I think you, yeah, I think you just took us forward like five years. Yeah, buddy. Straw hats and uh, river rafts. Were you, were you talking about Mississippi? You know, I just kind of got to thinking of uh, Huck Finn and Tom Sawyer, and um, that's where, where I was going there. Well, most of the the people in the Thompson household stay barefoot and wear overalls. So, um, you know, to each their own. Yeehaw! <laughs> So the second story for Big Deal, Little Deal, because um, I don't know how to respond to Chase's trying out for a show that's been off the air for many years. Um, hee-haw reference for those who are not. Um, okay, well, hang on, Nick. He said yee-haw. That was hee-haw. Yeah, I, I know, but I'm, There's I'm a just difference. saying, yes. Time will do things to memories. Chase is getting up in age, as okay. his son reminded him uh, during WrestleMania last week in um, – Hey, Yeehaw was, might be more of a Duke boys. Uh, exactly, the, Yeehaw was Duke boys and the General Lee. So Nick, Nick, I don't know that you're helping your us. case against Mr. Barkley. <laughs> Can I just say that? Oh, oh it, it's it settled my case. He's going <clears> to <throat> retract his statement real soon. Hey, okay. speaking of Duke boys, have y'all have y'all seen uh, y'all seen how Daisy turned out? Really. Uh, that sounds that sounds um, inappropriate. Okay, I was just going to say, time was not time was not good. Time defeats all of us, sadly. So we'll do this briefly. Um, second story for big deal, little deal. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna expedite the process of this. So um, story um, out today about an attack in Kenya. Um, uh, Garissa, Garissa University College in Kenya, um, 147 as of the, the time this article was written, dead um, at this university. Um, a, uh, an extremist group um, claimed responsibility for the siege. Um, there's a quote in here that mass attackers shot indiscriminately, um, but then there's also a reference uh, later into the article um, where uh, people were being asked um, if they were Christian, um, hold on just a second, let me make clarify. Uh, people were being asked if they were Muslim or Christian, and if you were Christian, you were shot on the spot. Um, 
And so, you know, it appears there's a little bit of indiscriminate, but a, a little bit of a targeting um, in the case of this attack. And my, my question here is, um, you've got persecution, honestly, in, in both stories. Um, I, I, you know, I'm not trying to um, be flippant about uh, the situation, especially, you know, this business, um, this pizza parlor that, you know, their, their family's scared at this point for their safety. But... You know, we've we've got two different kinds of persecution here, and I'll be honest. Um, you know, the one I'm, I think the Bible points us to the fact that we can expect both. Um, but true, the the one we've been talking about, um, that's not the one that keeps me up at night. This one in Kenya is, um, and and so I guess you know my, I don't want to be so flippant to say which is the bigger deal. But when we think about persecution, and we, we, we have two different kinds, um, which one gives you guys bigger apprehension, um, keeps you up at night, whatever it is? Not everybody talk at once. Well, you know, this is a, this is a, um, a byproduct of not actually being in the same room together. Um, so we we can actually you know give hand signals and also Chase uh, Chase's uh, sleep apnea probably kicked in and he's uh, not actually with us right now so uh, I'll I'll go first uh, I'm here. I mean, are you are are you asking which of these yeah we would worry about the most or um, you know when is, we, is that when, the question when I first saw this um, here here's what made me want to talk about it when I first saw this um, it it really did kind of make me go the 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 Christian versus LGBTQ quote unquote war that is being waged right now gets under my skin a little bit. Um, and it has nothing to do with, with gay rights or not. It has everything to do with, um, the media making Christians fight a battle that's not the primary objective. Um, and we're losing horribly. And we get so worried about this when, um, across the world, brothers and sisters are dying merely for admitting um, they're Christians. And all of a sudden, this kind of persecution that, that's happening stateside right now just pales in comparison to me. Um, and I didn't want to—I didn't want to be so flippant as to say, "So which one's real persecution, guys?" Because that's—that is being flippant, and, and I don't want to do that. But you know, when we think about persecution. Um, you know, you've got two different sides of it. And I guess just where do you guys come down? Which one? I don't have a definitive question more than just where do you guys come down on this comparing and contrasting the two? Thinking of when you think about both of them. Yeah. I, I mean, I understand where you're coming from. I think there's always the, uh, you know, I think there's always the, the temptation there to say, um, you know, well, he's, we're, we're not having to deal with this, or at least we're not having to deal with that. I mean, I, I think, um, you know, we're, we're told, I think James writes about it, Peter writes about it, First um, Peter 1, um, you know, even though now for a little while, if necessary, you've been distressed by various trials. Uh, I think James uses similar wording. So I, I think I think trials, um, persecutions, if you will, I think there will there have been throughout history— there is now, there will be 
it'll be a variety. It, it will be it will be various, you know. And 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 I think you know certainly understanding the question at the same time probably. You know, like you said, I don't really want to get into comparison. I mean, look, the people at the pizzeria in Indiana who've gotten the threats over Twitter of people coming to burn their building down. I mean, that's to them. I mean, they they are facing threatening physical um, persecution. Um, and, and so I but I think we will just see a variety of trials in our own lives and we're going to see a variety of persecutions um, for the faith. Uh, the thing in Kenya, though, I mean, it's just stark. I mean, it's just obviously just such a. I mean, but these are people that were killed for being Christian, um, and and I actually was was I was out and about uh, on April second. Got you know uh, was looking at Twitter. Um, John Piper tweeted out, and then I'll just read his tweet. It said, "Settle it, students." Your dorm room flies open. A hooded man with an automatic pistol says, "Are you Christian or Muslim? What will you say?" Uh, you know. So Piper just does what he does. I mean, he just he threw it out there, and he was saying, "Just students, you got to settle it in your minds right now. If this happens, what are you going to do?" And, yeah, and I read that, tweet. and I thought, I read that, and I thought, well, okay, that's 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 a real, you know, like. You know, what Piper just wake up this morning in a in a in a really bad mood, or you know what's happening? And then I started thinking, I, I must have missed something. And my my mom's still been in the hospital, you know, going on two weeks now, and so I, I've been kind of in and out of the media. Uh, but I just turned on CNN and immediately, you know, saw it. And um, and so understanding that that's what happened, that's that's what some of these uh, students went through. And um, so so obviously that's that's a very stark. Um, a very real persecution. You know, I just thought about those students who were able to have that courage to say, Christ, Christ, and they lost their life um, and woke up in his presence. And, um, you know, so um, I think I think very real, obviously, uh, that seems much more horrific. Although, again, um, I, I think we can sp- you know, expect a, suspect, expect a variety of things uh, throughout our lives and um, probably won't go into comparing them in terms of, um, you know, which one is worse because um, probably depends on, you know, who's in the middle of it. That's, that's a good point. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll say I think it, it always surprises me a little bit for Christians uh, to uh, essentially act surprised or be uh, offended greatly by uh, discrimination, persecution, ideological attacks, disagreements, and things like that. Because if you read the Bible, you know we're promised tribulation. John sixteen thirty three. We're going to have tribulation in this world. People are going to want to kill us. They're going to disagree with us. All that kind of thing. Look. This is typical. This is normal, and I don't think it's befitting uh, the call of Christ for us to kind of uh, whine about it like we sometimes do in America. Now, I'm not talking about the the mass murder in in Kenya at the moment. I'm just talking about you know the kind of quote American Christian persecution that we sometimes see. It, it's legitimate. Christians really are discriminated against from time to time, but it's not unexpected. It's not the kind of thing we should be fighting. Um, the early church faced death and were, you know, and all of it. So I'll say that, and I'll, I'll, say, I'll say this, that people often talk about 
Islam being the religion of peace and that uh, all of these various groups, uh, Boko Haram, ISIS, Al-Shabaab, Al-Qaeda, etc., not being a representation of uh, real Islamic faith. Uh, That may be true, but you know what I'd really like to see? I'd really like to see uh, the Saudi Arabian army uh, mobilize and go to war with al-Shabaab or, or something along those lines uh, with, with Boko Haram, with ISIS. I'd like to see the Muslim nations that are supposedly so very peaceful, I'd like to see them come in and take care of business of these, these purported splinter groups that are stepping out of line that are so misrepresenting uh, Muslim uh, is Islam by by killing people. Um, I think it's high time something like that happened because these sorts of attacks uh, by radical Islamic groups seem to be growing in intensity and frequency. And from the outside looking in, I say this hopefully gently, dear Islamic people, it looks like this is how you roll. All right. Well, Chase is going to get us in trouble again. Um, no, look. Probably. I, <laughs> I, I, I hear the comparisons all the time. Um, how you know Christianity has uh, these extreme groups, just like Islam has extreme groups, and it's not represent, represent, representative of the masses. Um, and they always throw out Westboro. Um, and I just you know the thing that kind of always goes, does not compute uh, for me is, you know, when you start kind of lining up extremist groups, um, the quantity is not the same and the actions are not the same. And so uh, that's where I start to go. All right. <laughs> Whatever you guys say. Um, but that's, that's me on that. So I do, and the, I do think, I, I mean, I think you saw even with Westboro, which is that that is a group that, that always gets thrown out. You know, um, in in the Christian circles, but I, I think you saw, um, I, I think you saw groups, and and I believe some of them were Christian that did kind of mobilize against them. Um, you know, so some of those groups, you know, went out and 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 where Westboro would go and 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 not violent, but you know, they're they're picketing funerals of soldiers, and they've got their their signs out. You know, you know. You know, God hates gays and using profanity and things like that. And then you saw people that came out and actually would picket them and actually block them off from being able to access the funerals and the places they were going. So, um, and again, some of those Christians, some of them not. But I, I do think you saw kind of a mobilization against them. Um, and, and to what Chase is seeing uh, or saying, I, I don't think you always see that. You've seen it with. Um, with uh, ISIS, you know, you've seen a mobilization of both um, Muslims and non-Muslims against that Muslim group um, because their atrocities have been against not only Christians but also against Muslims. I mean, their uh, ISIS has attacked both. I mean, they're just trying to set up their own um, their own state, um, and so you've seen that mobilization. But but like Chase said, you, you don't typically see that against just the you know muslim groups that are focused on on christians and so that is something to you know i mean it's something to uh um you know to uh you know to think through or to consider 
I'm done. <laughs> All right. <laughs> the Skype bug bit us again. Yeah, so I mean, you know, it's uh, we don't even have video. Hey, I, I know that we're about to. to if your technology yeah, would catch up. I, I know that we are uh, about to move. Uh, I think Chase has uh, a question to ask us, but um, but real quick, I mean, the, the voting on the T-shirts. Um, can we actually vote on those five slogans? Can we go out and vote now? Yeah, we're not. We're not all, so we're, we're not, not bound to accept the the results of the all, are we? Yeah, are we? Are, are we yeah. Oh, we're a democracy. Yeah. I, I thought we were some yes. sort of uh, meritocracy or monarchy. No, we uh, picked the well, five. You need to get with the program. Two of us Chase. are reformed, what we, so did anyone you know, ever really have a choice? You, you are – you're not paying attention in, in, in the production meetings, Chase, but we picked the five slogans, and now they're going to vote on the one that goes on the back of the shirt. Because otherwise we would be having them vote for nothing, and that would be pointless, and, and we're not about pointlessness around here on the Gospel Friends. Oh, well, that is uh, a strong my, argument. I, I agree with you yeah. now. But but my question is, can we vote on – can we go out – I mean Nick has a poll in the Hall of Dogma. So are we allowed to vote on one of those five? Do we have a, vo- uh, a, a vote here? Now, David, I'm, I'm sorry. You've mentioned it a couple times. What is this Hall of Dogma? I don't know what you're talking about. Well, Nick, that would be the um, the growing in popularity Facebook Wait, wait, wait are, are you talking about a way for people to contact us? Um. I don't want to get shut down in what I'm saying, so I'm going to kind of skirt around the question, not necessarily where they would contact us, but more about where they gather to talk about us. And we know you love that. Yeah, well, often it's in a negative way, so I don't always love it. Um, I mean, if somebody wanted to check it out, they could go to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash hall of dogma, or they could just go to hall of dogma, uh, hall of dogma.com. And they could kind of see, you know, maybe join in the gospel friends bashing. Um, well, I'm, I'm, you know what? I'm just going to go ahead and vote. So uh, just forget my question. Chase, go ahead and, and uh, do your do your uh, – because qu- we're quickly running out of time yeah, here. So you, we are running out of time. We've got all whatever the right, time we have. <laughs> here's, here's my question to you guys. Uh, you're, in a, you're on a bus, which I guess is pretty rare for all of us. But let's just use our imagination. You're on a bus. You're three minutes away from your destination when your seatmate, whom you don't know, looks down, sees a Bible in your lap, and says, huh, you're a Christian. You say, yeah, in fact, uh, I work at a church. And the very next question is, as you're fast approaching the exit, well, how do you really know that Jesus rose from the dead? And you got two minutes to answer what do you say? What's your number one go-to argument, I guess? What's your defense? What what case do you make for the resurrection in those two minutes? Um, Nick, you going to go first? I can. Um, go ahead. <laughs> Skype again. Uh, for me, um, the thing I would – what I would do is I would probably – point the person, thank God for Google, right? Um, But I would point them to looking into the death of the apostles um, and the death of the founding members of the early church. Um, Basically, the the prominent, you know, thing is, uh, you know, he was liar, lunatic, or Lord about Jesus. Now, um, recently, the whole idea is, was he legend? Um, 
has started to become a question, but that one doesn't hold as much to me. I think there's enough historical evidence that Jesus did, in fact, live. Um, But basically, you have these guys uh, that all died because of their proclamation um, that not only was he a good man, uh, that he was the Son of God, died and rose again. Um, and that is why they died, um, the death of the apostles. And, and basically, um, it's just logic that 11-plus guys don't die the death they died for a lie. Um, it's not that good of a con. Um, after the first guy gets either boiled or crucified upside down or, 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 um, somebody crumbles, and none of them did. And uh, that's that's compelling enough for me to to start looking into it and reading into it more um and hopefully by god's grace the holy spirit uses that to move on their their heart and life and mind that was actually that was actually the one i was going to do nick so you stole the the witnesses the witnesses so david had no reason to be here i stole his one chase stole his other (laughs) well i mean look y'all would have never known about jesus being on the molar um, if if I hadn't been here today, my so, life is not complete without that. Yeah, I, since you stole mine, I'm going to tag onto the end of yours and then present a different one. But Please do. but uh, along with the witnesses, uh, I think Jesus's family. I mean, you know, you you talk about. I mean, this was at, at one point in Jesus's life, his family is coming to try to um, get him to be quiet because they think he's went crazy, hmm. and and then afterwards, his brothers, you know, and, and James. Um, confessing he is Lord hmm. and dying a martyr's death for, I mean, how, how, how do you convince your brother that you're the son of God unless the resurrection, unless hmm. you have seen him die and then resurrect? Um, uh, you know, I would probably point to uh, another strong one I think would be just understanding the political culture in the day. The Romans, um, I mean, it, it, you know, were you know, really what working, you know, through or for, you know, the, the trying to please the Jews, the Jewish leaders and, and the Jewish leaders were wanting to, to, um, you know, kind of put away with this, this Jesus figure, um, and, and what he had been doing and teaching. Um, and, you know, so the, the Romans, after they crucified Jesus, then they, they put his body in the grave, they, um, put guards outside the tomb. And then, all of a sudden, you get this movement of people who are saying he's been resurrected from the dead, um, and and that movement of people is starting to grow, which is not pleasing to either the Jewish leaders or the Romans. Well, what's the easiest way to squash it? What's the easiest way to prove to people that that these guys are liars? I mean, what's the easiest way to squash this movement? Um, and to me, that would be you you go get the body. You know, you go take them. You go take people to the grave, and you say, "Look, they're all lying. Here he is. Here's the body. Here's the grave." Um, but they couldn't do that. I mean, they couldn't do that because there was no body. And so you have to get into asking the question: Well, what happened to it? You know, um, and then and there's all types of theories. Whether the the disciples, you know, subdued the guards and 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 stole the body, or Jesus had had not actually died, but it had just been you know near murdered and somehow. Um, stumbled out of the grave and subdued the guards himself. And, and when you look at all those theories about what could have happened um, to the body of Christ, uh, none of them really, I think, hold plausible um, 
you know, answers to say anything other than it, it was what these people were saying, that, that he was resurrected. Um, none of the other theories really make sense. Um, you know, the Romans knew what they were doing. The Romans knew how to kill people, and they knew how to guard bodies, and they weren't able to guard his. Uh, and so I think that's I think that's another avenue to uh, to explore in the in the area of evidence. All right, good deal. Well, here's the argument I would use. Uh, I call it the Marinovich argument. Uh, I don't know if you guys remember, but Todd Marinovich was. Yeah, a I was actually going to use this big, one too. Were you really awesome? Uh, Todd <laughs> Marinovich was. He was a quarterback. In the 80s, he graduated in 87, signed a scholarship with Southern Cal, uh, and, and was a three-year, two-year starter there. But his dad had raised Todd from childhood to be a quarterback. He never ate junk food, never had a hamburger, uh, all this kind of stuff. His whole life was built on making him uh, the best quarterback possible. Now, uh, Mernovich was drafted in the NFL, ended up not playing very long for the Raiders uh, because he had a, a serious drug problem, as you might imagine, being raised in, in, a, in an atmosphere like that. But I would ask the person, I would tell him briefly about Mernovich, and then I would ask the person, how would you go about – if you were about to have a child, how would you go about making that child the most famous person that ever lived? And I would say if you were given $10 million and you could hire consultants and you brought in a consultant and you said, I want to make my child the most famous child that's ever walked the earth. And that consultant took your $10 million and said to you this, okay, your child needs to be born in an extremely small, unimportant nation. Your child needs to be born not in a palace, but in a stable type area in a backwater city of this extremely unimportant nation. Your child needs to be born to unimportant parents, uh, not of any particularly powerful lineage or, uh, or worth a lot of money. Your child, as he grows up, there needs to be nothing said about his childhood or his teenage years or even his young adulthood. He should have a nondescript job and uh, not be a very important uh, or hyped young man. In addition, your child should become a teacher, should gather a group of unimportant uh, un, uh, nothing special about them followers, and he should stay in his tiny nation for the entirety of his life teaching. He should never write a book, never grant uh, a TV interview or anything like that. No pictures of him should ever exist. And when he dies, the number of his followers should be about 120. And after he dies, then that's when your son is going to become the most famous person ever posthumously. Now, I would say that's a ridiculous way to bring about the most famous person in the world. But you have to account for how in the world Jesus of Nazareth grew his church and his people to the point where he is the dominant figure in world history and people from every nation, tribe, and tongue almost have followed him. If Jesus was not the Son of God, if he was not who he claimed to be, if he is not the only person in the history of the world to defeat death, then how in the world 
did it come about that so many people follow him? Because it's not like there weren't other Messiah claimants. There were dozens of Jewish people like Simon of Perea, Atherongis, Judas of Galilee, Menahem, Thutis, Vespasian. There were dozens of Jews who claimed to be the Messiah. And every one of them, when they died, their followers dispersed. When Jesus died, their followers exponentially grew. I say, Occam's razor-wise, the most clear, succinct explanation of that is that Jesus literally, factually rose from the dead, and every other explanation falls short. That's good, man. Is that a preview of your sermon on Sunday? (laughs) No, no, it's not, actually. Uh, The sermon on Sunday is not going to be apologetically oriented. Um, That's more of a preview of the article I posted on the Agape Facebook page this week about uh, 10 proofs for the resurrection of Jesus, or 10 arguments for the resurrection of Jesus. Good deal, man. I I actually think that you made the better argument out of uh, the three of us. Um, however, unfortunately, you were disqualified because you went over two minutes. I think I did. I was That's probably hilarious. closer to four. But you know what I did? I walked the guy off the bus into his car. How about that? Okay, but by so the he way, ever because you're freaking him out. Ever since <laughs> you uh, ever since you brought that up, the uh, the. Uh, the song "Get on the Bus" from the uh, old show, The Doodle Bops, has been in my head. So, cool. there's that. Gosh, you're disqualified from a lot of things for having even known that. I took my kids <laughs> yeah. to see the Doodle. I took my kids to see the Doodle Bops one time. You're not helping your case. Don't you love your children? I did. I, I mean, they, the Doodle Bops were were awesome. I'm Googling the them. Doodle Bops. Don't do oh my! Don't do it. <laughs> they are. St- <laughs> Strange looking creatures. Good heavens. Uh Dottie Dodie or Dottie Doodle was she was actually kinda cute. For a doodle bop. Actually kinda cute. Well I hope La- Allison listens to <laughs> the end of the podcast this week. <laughs> well, she's heard me say that before. I I mean I wouldn't have married her. I'm just saying like if you were of whatever species the doodle bops was, I'm just saying that you know, she was not um, she wouldn't have been bad to look at for a doodle bob that's good to know and i I gotta say i'm glad we ended the show so on a such a strong note because that's what we needed we needed a good powerful ending for resurrection week and uh i think you've done it well done her name was dd doodle (laughs) dd well we don't want to get that wrong and the, uh, the the bus was driven by bus driver Bob, just in case you're wondering who uh, was driving the bus that you were on. That's good to know. Well, hey, Nick, so I think things. with all this bus Wait. talk, it sounds like it's time to land the plane. No, hang on. T- two quick two quick Twitter shout-outs. I know we got to go. Only, but two quick, oh, yeah. If only. Now, Sorry. Josh Laney. Josh Laney. Now, uh, hold on. At, what is this Twitter you're talking about? Oh, well, this is hey, the um, – Twitter.com slash mygospelfriends. Are you, are you talking about – Ways to contact. This is not okay. Yes, these are some people who found out how to contact us, and they snuck some in. So Josh Laney, uh, shout out to him. Uh, He said uh, he really enjoyed hearing the show last week. Uh, Really enjoyed hearing Jared Buckley, and uh, we got a lot of great feedback on Jared being on the show on episode forty-four. So if you haven't heard that, please check it out. And also on the Twitter, James Allen Heiser at JMZ Heiser. 
he said halfway there just finished episode 22 of the gospel friends podcast so david's shout out of the week is going to james uh for actually going back and working his way through all of the old gospel friends episodes so i am done go, james thanks uh me me and dd are out <laughs> oh my goodness <laughs> Um, well, basically, um, here we have a note about um, follow-up on contact info. And so so here's the sad reality. Uh, we are given into the pressures of um, those we respect and those we fear. And uh, we don't have any anymore. So uh, if you'd like to figure out a way to contact us, you can either um, surmise it from this episode. Or if Google treats you nicely, um, we have a webpage where you can find... Uh, that information, but I won't tell you that because that would be providing contact info. So with that, I will say tune in next week when you may hear David say, Hey guys, check out this pizza of pizza. Is that Jesus in there? Jesus is a friend of mine.